It is February 17th, 2020. And this is Atlanta United FC <laughs> Weekly, a home before dark podcast. <laughs> That was a good song. That's the good song. Getting getting used to the rainforest sounds. Yeah, I've been I've been actually getting ready for Peru by just <laughs> listening to rainforest sounds. Listening to Africa Whatever. by Weezer <laughs> by Toto. By Toto. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Africa by Weezer by Toto. I like that. Yeah. that As made like, famous like the by. Michael spot, the, the, the Michael Scott quote. Yeah, yeah. Weezer's <laughs> cover that Toto did of Africa. <laughs> oh, I am Tim Herb. As always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Mr. Kevin Bradley. Yes, across sir. from me, and we have the great, powerful Joe Patrick, Dirty South Soccer. How are you, man? I'm good. Thanks for coming over. It's been I'm a good. while. It's been a few months. It has. When when is the last time I was over here? I'm trying to remember. I know I don't think Kevin was here. I, I drank yeah. all of his bourbon. Yeah. That's right. You I were here traveling. with Payson? Yes. You came with Payson. Yes. No, I think it was I think I was on the week before. I want to say it was the week before. Well, who came with Payson? Who came with Payson? Could have swore that was you. I wasn't here with Payson. I don't know. Huh. I was gone. I'm almost but. positive I remember Payson saying that I was on or that he was on the week after me or like sometime oh. very very shortly after I had been here. Who did Payson come on with? I don't know. I wasn't For here. those of you who, who do you remember? Eric? Maybe. Do you remember? Was it, was it was it someone from Dirty South Soccer? I don't even I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who yeah, don't who know. Payson would be uh slumming around with. with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. He's definitely the slum he's the slum lord he's the though. Slum lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel like this is the first time, and I might be jinxing it in a while, that we're not recording in the rain, and it feels kind of nice. Mm. Yeah, it's true. It's, it's, true. A, it's a crisp 50 outside. Yeah. Feels good. Nothing, nothing better than a crisp 50. Outside, <laughs> crisp 50 in your wallet. 50. <laughs> 50. <laughs> 50 in your wallet. I, a, I put a 50, not to be big baller. Oh, yeah. But I put a, but go ahead, carry I put on. a 50 spot in the Wells Fargo deposit box, and then it's like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> it's like, it's so rarely used. Yeah. That and $2 bills. I don't know if you ever deposit a two dollar bill. No, surprisingly, you can works. do that. Yeah, really, really. Yeah, what do you just got a stockpile of two dollar bills? Who has that? We we got that. Uh, so my in laws got us like as a joke as a stocking stuffer. <laughs> and it's like you can't spend these. Here's some money you can't Here's use. Some fake money. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was the whole like idea behind it. Was like this guy. Um, I don't know. It's a silly anecdote, but like he he went to a place and the guy like tried to report him for counterfeit money. So like he sells. Packages of two dollar bills. Uh, gotcha. Yeah. Anyway, it's a but big it thing for Clemson alumni too. Oh, Ipte Day, yeah. right? Something like good that. old Ipte. Oh, Ipte. Oh, Ipte. However, you're finding us. <laughs> thank you for tuning in. Uh, if you're in the trap tonight, see a lot of familiar faces in there: Joe Johnstone, Elliot Beaven, Richard Gordon, Brittany S. As always, Michelle. How you guys doing tonight? Everyone is talking about the game tomorrow already, which will be on the list for us to talk about. Yeah. Um, one thing that we mentioned last week is that it will be streaming via Fox Spocker. Fox Spocker. Fox Spocker. Live long and pay monthly. <laughs> so, uh, Fox okay. Soccer Plus. 
which and I didn't think existed. Anymore. I did not know what it was. Yeah, because it was around whenever we were in high school and college, and it was like if you want to watch, you know, Bundesliga matches yeah. other than the 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 main one of the week, you right? Watch it on there, but yeah. It's a five-day free trial on YouTube TV for those of you guys yeah. who use YouTube TV. So go YouTube ahead and TV. start that tomorrow. I don't so know if anybody it. in the trap, if you guys use something other than... Um, Brittany was asking if it was going to be on FUBU. FUBU. We're all fucking this up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, see? Dude. I was trying to go clean already. Yeah. Already. Yeah. Tomorrow is going to be terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so FUBO TV, which has all the same offerings, I think, as a YouTube TV. It's like a full-blown streaming service now, I think. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's right. what the Cooligans are on, and then uh, yeah, there are a couple right. other you know, uh, soccer-dedicated shows on there. But uh, anybody else, if you guys are... Um, if you guys are watching like on Hulu or something like that, do you guys know if there's also the free uh, five day free trial or anyway? Can you get Fox? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I'm just like praying like when it comes to like whenever what kickoffs at ten. So I'm just like praying like yeah. at nine o'clock I'll start figuring out how to yeah. try to watch the game. Yeah. Somebody, uh, I'm <laughs> hoping by the time nine o'clock hits, I'm awake. Yeah, well, yeah the way things, know, yeah. The, the yeah. things go during the week. So like, what if I take a nap? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be like falling asleep like on the couch. Wake up at. Well, like eight o'clock, and think it's eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah, like, oh, exactly. no. oh no! I'm late for work. <laughs> yeah, I'm late for work. <laughs> I am late for work. If you guys are watching us on YouTube, make sure that you guys hit the uh, notification bell icon, the subscribe button, smash that, thumbs smash up. the thumbs up, smash the like. If you guys, we've been posting the stream earlier on. You could set reminders. Um, you know, whenever we post it days in advance, give Ooh, you a little ping. That's a, that's that's a new name, right? Bradley D. I haven't seen that one in the trap. No. No, no, no. Thanks for thanks for tuning in with us. Someone feel like streaming for your boy. I'm sure that you can find it on Reddit somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> we sure. need to get somebody to like just periscope their computer that's streaming it, you know, <laughs> so that everybody can get on. Yeah, everybody gather around. We, gather fir- around. we just now got Periscope. I'm not trying to get reported. I know. So it's not <laughs> us. It's Apparently, not us. I mean, I'm sure places are going to have it uh, on and, and playing. Uh, Michelle's talking about the brew house having it on. Sure, um, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's a good, that's a good idea. I'm just sure go to a bar. Plenty of places around Dude, town I was telling it. Kevin, though, it's like, Granted, I don't drink, but like during the week on a Tuesday night, you're at a bar in the city past midnight. Yeah, like that's, that's too much. That's too that much. For this that ain't grown folks. Ten shit. o'clock. Like that's yeah. ten o'clock's a brutal yeah. kickoff yeah. time. And what's crazy to me is like, okay, what are they on? Are they on like Mountain Time, something like that? They're only uh, an hour that's behind. A good question. I don't. Are they really? They're yeah, in Central at, Time. Yeah, because they're in Tegucigalpa, and I looked that up today. Is like an hour behind. I'm like, why are you kicking off at 9 p.m.? Do they just have like a later culture? Like I know Argentina is like that, where just yeah. like everything happens late. And it's, I think in Spain too, it's like that. Yeah. Could be. Maybe. Could be. Yeah. yeah. So looking forward to that tomorrow. Um, good bit of news that came out this week. Since the last time we recorded, we obviously had the match against Leones Negros. Uh, we did. Frank DeBoer was fired. That's right. Um, Already. Rightfully <laughs> and justifiably so. His DeBoer head was lopped off by the <laughs> Absolutely. guillotine. Absolutely. This morning. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. But no worse record than Tata and PK. So there's that. Yeah, that's true. That's right. Like I, I watched that and I was like, well, well. Did yeah, they still. did they make the same exact? I think they made the same exact number of penalty <laughs> kicks. Which, which just one. Yeah. <laughs> Who was it that made the penalty kick against Columbus? Mm, that's a good question. I think it was because Gressel missed his or Gressel's got, Gressel's was saved. LGP LGP's missed. was missed. Joseph had been taken off. He did not take one. Yeah, I remember he got. Like, I don't know why Tata yeah. took him off with like five minutes left before PKs. Yeah. Um, if I remember Almiron. Uh, Brittany was saying Almiron. He, he made it. I, I'm guessing he made his. But yeah, I mean, it's 
I don't really care. It's a preseason tournament. I don't think they really right. even wanted to be out there after yeah. a certain point. Like watching watching Leonis and Negros, like they were in the mud. They didn't well, even celebrate. Like yeah. whenever they, I yeah. mean, they were playing. It was like mile high, you know, like altitude. Yeah. Yeah. So and, and they were playing ninety minutes for the first time. The, a lot of those guys. So, what are your thoughts on the whole travel situation for that match? Because they're traveling from Atlanta to. Playing yeah. this game to in come back, and then they yeah. came back. That's the thing. It's yeah, like I would exactly. get it more if they stayed out there and went straight from there to. And that's what I thought they were doing was right. to get used to the altitude, and then everyone's like, "No, they're coming back to Atlanta for two days to go right back there for CCL." Yeah, yeah. when the when the schedule came out, it seemed it didn't really make much sense to me because it's like, wow, you're just doing a lot of extra traveling that you wouldn't typically have to do. Like, why not? If you want to play a game at altitude, just go play the Colorado Rapids or something exactly. in, in, in Denver. Yeah. yeah. Go play in the hyperbaric time chamber. I mean, I guess it was a good test. It, yeah. it was. It was the most quality opponent that they've played in preseason. You want to hear a fun thing? Uh, Frank talked this morning on the conference call. He said something about uh, it was good practice, like, for the, the lighting in the stadium was, like, how it was, <laughs> was like, what huh. you experience uh, in, like, a smaller... Or like a stadium, like you would find that they're going to be playing in. You know, the one thing Honduras. the one thing I That's could reason with is like they get used to the routine of the travel mm-hmm. because it is such a long distance to travel. You're jumping time zones. You just kind of figure out how that whole process works yeah. in advance, so you're not scrambling to do so the week following. But still, it just seems like a lot of unnecessary wear and tear on sleep schedules and just schedules in general to go down yeah. there, come back, to go right back down. That's kind of yeah. the kind of travel I feel like we've kind of bitched about in the past, about MLS scheduling that kind of travel. Right. Um, because the teams do come back right. before going mm-hmm. over. But um, at least this year we have how many chartered flights? Uh, it went from 8 to 16? Well, it finishes at 16 by the end of the – it's like an oh, escalating – it's right. like an escalating amount. Yeah per year I'm, I'm not sure exactly what it is this year yeah well but it was uh it was definitely an interesting game i want to call out what carl Seggy said he said we got to see their ugly trophy i want to it looked like something out of diablo <laughs> it, lo- it oh, looked yeah. like a totem that like the necromancer or like a yeah. witch doctor would yeah. hold yeah. like in his offhand yeah in, something out of uh, yeah. true detective season one or, yeah. <laughs> yeah it looked to me like it was like some um like it was like a high school pottery class. And <laughs> That's a good one. Like it was like it was like the grand prize winner is like, oh, if you make like the best trophy, then it gets featured at, at the at the game against Atlanta United. <laughs> it's just a melted wax candle <laughs> off of the birthday cake before. Yeah. It's, it's whale fat though. Yeah, like it's exactly. genuine oh, whale. Oh, is it really? Blubber. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's really genuine whale blubber candle. It's worth something. Yeah. It's, it's like something. it was it was like a hybrid ceramics biology class. Yeah, yeah. it's an yeah. infinity candle. <laughs> We're here to make anatomy <laughs> anatomy statues. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, it was uh it's it was pretty gross. So yeah, thoughts on the game. Um obviously starting lineup. I think we what was, saw what was what was more unappealing, the trophy or the way we played? Uh, the way we played the second half, especially, oh, I guess the, most of the most of the game actually, for for that matter. But it just sucks that we didn't really play a good game, and then we come out of it with injuries, and it's like, what did we really gain out of that? Because I think that's where I think Frank's comments really come into play. It's like I don't know what they take out of that match. Yeah, honestly, I'm, I mean, the injury was brutal. I mean, that yeah. was like the one injury that you didn't really expect because, I mean, if you think about it, Atlanta United's had amazing injury luck with their center back specifically right. since 2017. Like, Leandro Gonzalez-Perez played every single game. Michael Parker's played pretty much every single game yep. while he was still first choice. 
and Miles Robinson played every single game last year until the very, very end. So that was right. kind of the first time right. where there was a really a ton of experience trying to deal with replacing a center back. Now you're going to have to do it at the beginning of a season. That's going to be tough, and especially considering how important of a center back he is. You know, he's he's probably more important to the back line this year than Leandro Gonzalez Perez was absolutely at any point during that season because he was always he always had Parker's next to him. Now Miles Robinson is he was the best eleven player absolutely uh, MLS best eleven snubbed. last year. Yeah, yeah he got he, snubbed he, for the defensive player of the year last. Yeah, year. yeah, he should he probably should have been. Yeah, he was, player of the year. Yeah, I, he was I voted that for defensive him as, anchor that you needed going into this season where you had so many question marks aside from Escobar being in the lineup yeah. still. But then that back line, whether it's three back or four back, it's just constantly changing. You need to have Miles Robinson there to build that consistency and that foundation off of. So to not see him in the lineup as well as the other players that are out. So we, to your point, there was the conference call this morning mm -hmm. and we got a report on the defense specifically. So we know that, uh, Campbell seems unlikely. Yeah. Frank has some doubts about his ability in that game yeah. or a game of that caliber. Uh, Bellow's still out, right, with a with spinal the, compression? Is it, that what it, it was? Said? No, it was, it was a concussion. Oh, that's what I was like. What the fuck is Doug, I was like, he got Doug, rocked Doug, in the head. Doug called me afterwards and was like, what did he say? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I went back and listened to it and he said, I mean, to be fair to Doug, Frank words things very weirdly and he said we discovered a concussion so it was like okay. i guess he got confused as to okay. what he said but so it, it was yeah. it, it was, was a, it was a concussion okay. yeah so bellows out um obviously miles is still out yeah and then we've got a couple other players out with the whole visa issue right mulraney uh jake mulraney who's essentially a left back left wing back um and who was the other one? Oh, uh Joseto. Yeah. Rosetto? Yeah. Rosetto. Yeah. No, say Rosetto. Yeah, Rosetto. <laughs> yeah. Eric Quintana's not here. Frank Quintana DeBoer is not here. Frank DeBoer calls him Rosetto, so yeah. uh, that's, yeah. that's good Rosetta enough for me. Stone. Yeah. Rosetta uh, Stone. And then also Castro. His move's getting yeah. held up right now. He is, by, yeah, uh, he's not even in the country yet. So. Yeah. Which that that's was the, the latest news that we got since we recorded last week. Have you seen much of his tape, or do you have thoughts on no, it? No, I actually have not seen him really at all. <laughs> I all, The only thing I've seen of him is his football manager profile. So gotcha. seems like a decent player, but yeah. you, you never know how these guys are going to translate to True. the MLS game positively or negatively. Yeah. I mean, if you look at Yamil Assad, Yamil Assad was not really a player that anybody was thinking about in Argentina, came over to MLS and just fit in whether it was tactically well, or culturally year, or yeah. After, yeah. Once he got his feet underneath him. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, who, kn who knows how Castro will settle in, yeah. but hopefully will. So Percy, uh, Percy Herrera on Periscope saying uh, Castro's flying in tomorrow, according to the Uruguayan media. So I guess that'll be interesting. I, yeah. I, I saw somebody link. Flying me, into Atlanta. Me, uh, I don't know. I, I honestly Alpha. didn't even yeah. check it out. I, somebody sent me a link uh, from an Argentine radio um, news outlet saying that he was on his way traveling today. So, but they didn't make any mention of that on the call today. So, yeah. interesting. Mesa's available to start, which is good. He I, th is. I thought he's played pretty well over the few games that he's been in. Nothing overly concerning, I guess. I mean, whenever I don't think I have any concerns watching no. No, uh, no, no, Fernando no. Mesa play. Uh, I, like I said, I just so who do we have that's available on defense? It's, Escobar, yeah, Mesa, I, right? So, uh, yeah, Escobar, Mesa, Anton Walks, and oh, yeah. uh, Castillo. Nope, Castillo's out. Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention him. Broken rib. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Um, and then, now you're going to mix and match. So I th there's basically going to be two potential back fours, in my opinion. It's either going to be Walks, Meza, um, Escobar at center back, and Lennon at right back, 
which is not the, I don't I do no. not think that that's what it's going Why to be. Would that you is not a very put attacking. Walks in center back, knowing that's his natural position. And well, I I think the reason for that would be just he, he hasn't played center back yet for this team. Uh, this he pre, hasn't this preseason. Well, yeah, I know, <laughs> so I know. I think uh, the left back is the best place to hide him essentially, <laughs> um, and where he can still so somewhat like left do a job field in baseball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so essentially. I I think the I think the back line is going to be walks at left back Meza. Uh, and then I think Laurentowitz will play at center back. That's and, yeah, that's and a good Escobar bet. at right back. That just gives you it's a little bit more yeah. defensive, but at least you have uh, somebody back there who's you know Laurentowitz can read the game, communicate, makes, yeah. organize the back line. And you've got kind of between thing. him and Guzan to sort of field marshal that back line, right? right? Yeah. Like I think that makes a lot of sense that you've got some veteran players that have had experience and knows what Frank's going to be looking for, knows how to push and pull that defense into the midfield the way you need to to make those adjustments. Yeah, and if that's your back four and you've got Lennon playing up ahead of Escobar at right wing, you can easily morph that into a back yeah. three with a back yeah. five where you just... I Lennon would not want to pull Lennon back if we can help it. The way he's been bombing up that right side, I want to keep him in that wing position. As what, do you as make, what do you make of Brooks Lennon so far? Um, I think he's been fine. I don't really have a strong opinion on him. He brings a lot more speed, in my opinion, than what Gressel brought on that right Right. side. Um, I still think Gressel's delivery, obviously, we all know his his ability to make assists was incredible. He also had three years to develop it with the same player. The the thing to me is you can't teach speed. Brooks Lennon is, what, three, four years Julian Gressel's um, junior? Yeah. And about probably yeah, yeah probably about he's 22 that. i think gressel turns 26 or 27 this year yeah something like that yeah so i mean there's definitely time i imagine he's probably not on a one year he's probably on two or three year contract yeah um and lennon's got pred- pedigree too you know coming up through the liverpool oh, academy yeah. Yeah, i mean yeah, definitely got the, the natural talent there so i think that it's actually a pretty good situation for him to develop for a few years in atlanta um and i think that he just brings a different aspect to the game i think that with both of the wingbacks that you're going to see this year, whenever this team is in a back three, you're going to see a lot more pace down those wings as to where last year you had talented players in those positions, technically talented, but not just like not physical, um, not, not like great physical traits. Like you had Gressel on the right and then on the left, you had Justin Miram or Florentine Pogba, I guess he was a little bit more physical, yeah. but neither were like flyers. You're right. the typical kinds of right. players yeah. you think of as a wingback. And that's what we lost out of the offense of the first two years. I felt like last mm-hmm. year was like we just seemed to be a much slower possession based team, and so it's yeah. nice to see some of that come back with those new acquisitions. So, well, sure. what, what do you make of MLS Soccer projecting our starting eleven playing the phallic formation? I'm on board with that a hundred percent. So it's the closest thing we could probably actually get to a phallic formation it's, because uh, look, you, you dude, can't. You're never going to have less than two in the back. Yeah, exactly, or less than three in the back. So it's a three, two, 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 one. (laughs) (laughs) So you'd you'd have a three, two, 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 one. That's 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 as phallic as you can get in terms of phallic formation. That gets me excited. Joseph's new position is uh, the tip. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) it's just the tip. That's his entire responsibility is the tip. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, it really (laughs) derives most of its power. It's like, why would you describe that as a three, two, 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 one? (laughs) Like that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, bizarre. I mean, those things. Usually it's just because they can't like fit the names across <laughs> in, yeah. in, in a straight line, yeah, so yeah. They, they have to stagger them a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I don't. Oh, uh, you guys want to uh, hear a fun fact about speaking yes. of formations like this? Uh, Tata was not a fan of how Atlanta United's digital team was like so specific in 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 the very beginning as really? to like, yeah like where the where the players were positioned. It was like too specific. So that's why I don't know if anybody in the chat would uh, remember this or if you guys remember this. But all of a sudden. 
the the team sheets like when they would come out yeah it would just be like flat like four three three which like players just like straight really? across yeah and that was because like yeah he didn't like to see the little yeah he was, he was like you're giving of... him too much info oh yeah. my gosh that's interesting so brian's asking who do we see starting with Mesa tomorrow you guys think lorenowitz yeah i think, I think lorenowitz call. is yeah. most likely yeah yeah be interesting because Campbell's could, not going to – is Cam, did Campbell travel? He, yeah, he did, Campbell did okay, travel. He's going to be in the 18. I, I don't know why yeah. he would start him. I think is it the 23, may, do we have a 23-man roster for CCL or is it 18? No, it's actually like a um, – it's up to 35, I think, you can have. Playable, but, but on the team sheet for right. the day of, is it – So I think the team sheet is actually not going to even have 18 players on it because of all the injuries. Oh, wow. I, I was counting it up earlier, and I think that there's only going to be – five players on the bench i think there will be wow. two empty spots oh, I, yikes yeah yeah it's not it's yeah, not the injuries great. in the visas yeah you're absolutely right We're yeah out. i mean they're missing what are we out bello castillo um rosetto rosetto um mulraney mulraney fuck miles robinson um <laughs> what else is there um drop another f-bomb by the castro way. technically <laughs> although he hasn't played yet I'll get it right for tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) You're doing great. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This is going to be so quiet tomorrow. It's going to be terrible. Uh, Yeah. So, I mean, there's like, so yeah, yeah, tons of players missing. And and the squad probably has room still for a couple other signings, potentially, which, I mean, Frank DeBoer actually alluded to that today, saying that the team is still looking to potentially make signings. And, And when you think about it, it does seem like this team is short a center back. When you think about, Parkers is gone. Pogba's gone. LGP's gone. Uh, who else is gone? There's there's another. Uh, oh, Castro was the other one. Sorry. Yeah. Anyways, I think you've you've lost three center backs, and you really really have only signed yeah. Meza. And I guess, I mean Wags can't play, but he's going to be playing left back in right. this game. So right. why seemed- why wouldn't we with all the Tam that we have or all the allocation money? Why wouldn't we have gone after Walker Zimmerman? Walker Zimmerman. Yeah. Um. Because he's not a DP player. Do we right? have any player it's positions prob- open? In our roster remaining? Uh, yeah, so th- it seems like there are, but I haven't honestly gone back and like taken a gone over it with a fine tooth comb. There For probably some reason, are. I, I saw that there was only one slot left. Oh, is that right? I, I this is home before dark. I'm just saying. <laughs> hey, what I, I feel I'm not half of the time, but I I could have swore I saw something on Twitter about us only having one slot open, which made the opening for Castro. So uh, okay. okay, I think that we're full. I, I guess could it helped. definitely be wrong. Though. I guess it helped because last year you had a regular every game starter in Robinson who was not actually taking a senior roster spot. Mm-hmm. He was a graduate, uh, yeah, generation Adidas player. Uh-huh. So he was actually uh-huh. on like the right. the the scrubs part of the uh, of of the roster. So you were kind of getting a bonus center back there. So I guess that's why it kind of feels a little thinner this year. Yeah. And, you know, they really addressed all that in the CBA. Yeah. <laughs> they, oh, really, yeah. they really opened things up for teams to really go after it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I've been making I, – I, I had this gripe when um, I think it was um, Sam Stasel who reported it for The Athletic about Heinemann's contract. And it was like eight hundred thousand this year. And it basically escalates like by a hundred grand over the next three years up to a million. And – you know, everybody was pretty upset about it, and I totally get why. It's like, wow, that's a lot of money for, by MLS standards, it's a lot of money to right. pay a player like Hyman. And it's like, man, it should not be that. You should not be having to like bend over backwards and ask yourself to get, you know, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll end the analogy there, but like just to sign a player like Hyman, who's a, you bend over an American <laughs> to, to to bend over backwards, who's an American player who's kind of lost his way in Europe, you know, et cetera, et cetera. That kind of player should be pretty easy to Act- like absolutely. acquire if you're yeah, an MLS club absolutely. and still it requires so many resources yeah. from an MLS club yeah. to, to sign a player like that. It's like you'll never really be competitive 
on like a global level if with with those roles. And one that creates shockwaves internally in an organization, right? That you have to allocate so much of your resources just to, yeah. I mean it's not even yeah. That you lose players, which again I think we can all sit here and agree that the transfer of Gressel is the right business move for the team, but the fact that it came so many people are able to make this argument just because of Heinemann's salary basically that you can't maintain some longevity in your roster so right. how much younger yeah. is Heinemann's only 22 23 right um he's a couple years younger than gressel too i mean and he plays a more vital position at least you would think on paper would be more yeah for oh yeah for sure as a center mid for yeah sure. and I, I mean this year he's he's essentially going to be the guy who is the the Nagby. But uh, I mean, what Twitter keeps saying is he's not the Na- Nagby replacement. I know. I was, I'm kind of teasing everybody with yeah. that. But uh, I, but but he's going to fill that position, right? He's yeah. going to be playing as a central midfielder like Darlington oh, Nagby yeah. was for most most of the games, yeah. you know? So, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. But it's like, you know, to me, like spending $3 million on a player to go buy a player, like that's an investment. And the... The worst case scenario, obviously, is that that player has a career-ending injury and you get nothing for him. Yeah. But like on the on the bell curve, like ninety-five percent of the time, you're going to like recuperate a lot. Uh, you know, at least part of that money. And in half the scenarios, you're going to actually make money on that investment. So mm-hmm. it, that's what frustrates me about the the spending limits that the league puts on teams is that like you can't. Spending three million right. is not a three million dollar spend. Right. It's a three million dollar investment that you're you, you're going to get money back from. Right, right. You can only really get creative with three players on your roster. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know? And then that makes or four if you're LA. That's true. <laughs> well, <laughs> it makes you get, you get four players. <laughs> I mean, I like Loans. it because it's not just this pay to win right. model. I get it. Like, yeah. But I think there's got to be some balance to that because it is so restrictive. Like, I like that it is competitive in that way that everybody has to get creative in a restricted way, but it's maybe a little bit too restricted right now, the way it's structured. Um, yeah, you know, I agree. No, I agree. It's like, I like having to play money ball, you know, like right. I like that kind of like trying to You've find value too much, too much football manager. It's too few roster positions because yeah. then there's yep. not enough excitement within the teams to grow and develop year in and year out where they're actually making some, like, I think that's part of why this off season was so uninspiring for a lot of, Atlanta United fans is because there wasn't a big ambitious DP signing that was getting For a sure. lot of funds and and w- was filling up a roster spot. It was just reallocating allocation funds. Mm-hmm. Basically. Yeah, it was like it, it was like a yeah retooling. Like, yeah, retooling. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. And it did seem to me like it was a it was a a strategic effort to like try to clear the books as much as you can and try to get as much of a clean slate as you can to rebuild. Um, not that the team wasn't in need of rebuilding from a talent perspective, yeah. but just from these contracts, you know, uh, I think it was Frank that said um, you have to turn over every penny. Yeah. And so if you're max out, maxing out your roster money wise to try to make yourself as competitive as possible, well then if players overperform, there's no, right. there's no wiggle room left. Right. So you have to try to ma- So you, then you have to try to extract the value that those players who overachieved did. And that's yeah. like what we saw with Gressel It's like, well, yeah. the only way we can really get true value for him is by just selling him for the cash and trying to, trying to reallocate that the best way we can. It's amazing. I feel like we were celebrating three years ago or I guess four years ago that 
we were helping turn MLS was turning into a feeder league. Like that yeah. was a positive yeah. Yeah. that yeah. MLS was feeding. Mm-hmm. And yeah. now it's we're getting pissed off whenever players are no, leaving or whenever players are getting sold. Yeah. It's like it's it's bound to happen just due to the nature of single entity, due to the nature of the the restrictive uh, the restrictive uh, compensation rules and allocation money and all that good stuff. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's hard for a team to be constructed. That's why I think it's so impressive from a managerial standpoint or from a front office standpoint, what successful MLS teams do year in, year out. I mean, yeah, just being able to being able to even stay within the color, within the lines and, and be successful year in, year out. That's why there's so much parity in this league. But at the same time, there are teams in Atlanta United's part of it now, along with Seattle, along with LA galaxy, you know, save one year with LA galaxy and LAFC and, in Toronto, where these teams are now perennial powerhouses, mm-hmm. and it's because they've learned to play the game essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's why, like you, know, you talk about the single entity. Um, we were talking before the show. I, I interviewed uh, last year um, Stu Holden and John Strong before the Eastern Conference Final, and oh, they were okay. talking about the CBA, <laughs> and they were talking about the uh, CBA negotiations, and they said that it's not like players versus owners. It's the owners versus the owners, right? It's yeah. like, it's the owners of the clubs. They're tied together through this single entity structure that is MLS, but some of them are more ambitious than others. And if it were up to Arthur Blank and Atlanta United, I'm sure that a lot of the things that we've been talking about around this table, probably like they would love to do those things. But, um, but then there's also the aspect of, you know, the high tide lifts all boats and, and, you know, the 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 struggling teams can be carried along so yeah and it's a give know, and take the other part of this which cm mentions and i, I know it, it came from doug's report that frank told boca that he wanted to have new players and new energy in the locker room and i, I don't think that that's the entirety of the story i'm sure the front office has some monetary negotiation uh, incentives for some of these different trades and things like that but that said it was the right time to do so for some of these others that maybe weren't necessitated by a financial move because you do have a new manager and you want him to have instilled his fingerprint on this team in some way, you know? Yeah, there were, yeah, I think that kind of goes player by player. There were some, there were some players, like you say, Gressel, the, I I mean, Gressel was like defending Frank DeBoer last year when things were going really bad. And I think that he, DeBoer always really valued Gressel. He wouldn't have wanted to get no. rid of him in an ideal world, but... Uh, you LGP, know. on the other hand. LGP, on the other hand. Right. He may be one of the more, right. like, different energy. I think, I think it is a player-by-player player basis, yeah. and it ended up lending itself really well to some of those transitioning and moving on and others, you know, staying kinda, the course, right? I, I think it's interesting to point out, uh, I believe his name is Alex Passin on, on Twitter, had, had posted last week about how great it was to see and how different it was to see the camaraderie around the team and and namely from pd and frank DeBoer yeah, mm-hmm. after Absolutely. you know during penalties and all that and that they're corralling around each other putting arms around each other they're like cheering each other on it like right. it makes you wonder like do they like each other yeah it's weird <laughs> yeah i don't like oh it when God. i don't like it when daddy and daddy are nice to each other like this is weird uh, yeah it's very weird um but it, i think it it bodes well for us because I think some of the things like with PD last year, it seemed like some of the downturns that he took throughout the year, the whatever you want to stumbling blocks, I think felt, I felt like they all, they were more mental than they were physical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like if he's in a good state of mind, yeah, 
you know, coming over here um, after a year, settling in, getting, you know, getting acclimated <sighs> to the league, getting acclimated to the team, and now he's in the it's right so headspace. He's going to tear shit yeah. up this year. Well, it's also so much pressure. To, we saw the same thing with Barco whenever he came in. His first year was uninspiring for the most part. Like, there were moments of it, but he had a huge weight to carry with a ton of money thrown his way and his transfer fees and everything else. And then sort of underperformed based on that. And then last year was able to thrive and really come into his own. I, mm -hmm. I fully expect to see the same thing happen with pity this year, especially what we've seen these first few preseason matches, at least. Yeah. Well, if you think back to Pitti's uh, transfer when he came to Atlanta, when did he play? He played in that uh, the Copa Libertadores final in in Madrid, like what mid oh, yeah, mid December? Yeah, it was and a And then quick he was in Atlanta training for a new season yeah. mid January. Yeah. And I think no a, break. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of us, like, I mean, I, I'm per, I'm sure I put it out there at some point once or twice, like, oh, this will be good because it's like he can just carry his form right into uh, yeah. but like real in real in realistic sense, like you're moving your family, you've got all this other baggage that comes with making a, a transfer, you know, just, just like, the like personal stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Playing nonstop for yeah. that amount of time. Yeah. is Exhausting. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, he essentially played almost like 14 or 15 months straight, like yeah. basically from midsummer, um, or maybe even longer than that. I don't, I'm not sure exactly what his schedule was like the year before he came to Atlanta, but yeah, almost two years straight. That's brutal. So yeah, you, and it, to me, he looks fitter. Like he looks oh, sharper yeah. Yeah. and just like a better player already Absolutely. in this preseason. I think we're only going to see that, you know, I say he's sharper, but I think a lot of the players, you know, it's, they're only four weeks into their right. into their training, so they're all going to improve and get even <laughs> yeah. much better. That's another thing that Frank DeBoer put out there this morning, right? Mm -hmm. was yeah, that, yeah, you know, we're we're looking at half weeks versus it's six, six weeks. It's six weeks total versus a normal eight weeks, or is it? No, four a, it, it's, it's been four and a half weeks. Gotcha. Normally versus six. six, and yeah. of course, there are some people who are like already making excuses. Yeah. Like that's yeah, that's exactly what he's doing. It was like we all bitch about the, yeah. the schedule yeah. until you know our scapegoat goes and complains about it. It's like, why are you complaining about it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're just going exactly. ahead and laying it out for uh, yeah, laying it, laying the excuses out. They're asking what we're drinking, or maybe they're asking themselves what they're drinking in the. Uh, I'm still on the wagon. Kroger. This is not a beer. This is a Kroger black, blackberry, blackberry citrus. citrus seltzer. Yeah, coconut Lacroix. Delicious. And then I had kombucha mixed with seltzer, okay. which is good. Old move. It's a mm. nice. Uh, I like it. It's a nice mix. Um, yeah, I mean Brian has a good point. Even Pitty's questionable long shots are looking better. He had a couple of rips. Yeah. That I was like, oh shit, out of nowhere. Yeah. Um. Okay. So Andrew Hancock, which looks to be a new name in the trap, saying a bit off topic, but why do y'all think Atlanta United struggled offensively against Leonis Negros? Was it more than just the altitude? Um, I still think it has to do with the mixture of like lineups and mixture of like new people and new faces. I think it's it's one thing to to do it during training, but then to get out there in a competitive yeah. match against not your teammates mm -hmm. and yeah and and to, to click. And yeah. I think it was also the most skilled opponent that they had faced, and it was a pretty quick turnaround coming off of their previous preseason match just a couple of days prior. So yeah. I think they're still just trying to work out a lot of that stuff. And I think these games are a place to experiment in a lot of ways, so I don't necessarily take... I take a lot of the success and failures with a grain of salt in preseason because you'll see some of those things get employed, and they're specifically trying things to see if they're a possibility mm -hmm. versus a definite tactic that would get employed and so we're seeing a lot of these little one two and flick on 
movements and, and trying to get the motion and the familiarity with where players are going to be and what routes they're going to inherently want to try to take. And you can see that changing from game to game to see, okay, this is more successful against Philly or this really worked for us against Red Bulls or whatever. How can we apply and adapt that to a quick counter offense or a possession based defensive tactic and stuff like that. So I, I I don't know that it was necessarily entirely – I think it's just a little bit of everything, sure. right? Like, it's, it's experimenting some. It was that – I think that Leonis was probably a better team a lot of the time. And did I you mean, see that trophy they were playing for? I mean, exactly, anybody, anybody would just, exactly. would, you know, run their heart out for that thing. Exactly. Uh, no, I, I think that I – th- I think you're right. And, there's you know, there's new players in the squad that are trying to get bedded in and get their fitness up. Like, I think that oh, yeah. Anton Walks is playing left wing back because – he needs he needs to get in shape. Like, yeah, you know, he's uh, like the like, right wing back that's not Mikey going, Ambrose last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he'll play some left back. Like, I think he's going to play left back in this first game. But uh, I think part of the reason he was just out there was just to get him running. He was ca- somewhat, he's capable of being out there. Um, but, yeah, it's like these things. And even a guy like Emerson Hyman, he's not new, but he's playing a different role this year. Last year, he was kind of like a more attacking midfielder, making runs into the box. Yeah. Now, this year, he's more of a distributor who's coming in deep. So there's all kinds of different dynamics at play when you talk about what the players are being asked to do tactically and I actually um to get into it a little bit more I'm not going to get into it now but there is an article on Dirty South Soccer I think it's titled like why is Atlanta why is Atlanta it was that that clickbait it was that clickbait yeah Uh, I, I think, it, I think it's called like why is Atlanta why is Atlanta this? United struggling this preseason or something like that. So I, I did it. There's there's a video. Don't worry about the, the body copy and that. It was like 1 a.m. and I was just trying to. So let's get let's get, get to that real quick. Greg, Greg Fraser was just trying to get as many clickbaity words in there as I could. <laughs> I forgot we can I forgot we can pin the comments to the screen so you guys can uh, see. But, oh, that's uh, great. Yeah, uh, about Greg, that Gregory Fraser asking, does Joe still feel the four back is going to be better for us due to the due to our struggles with transitioning out of the defense? Enjoyed the video, by the way, Joe. There it is. Yeah. Nice. Thanks for watching it, Gregory. Um, I mean, I think that this team will be at its best in a back four. Yeah. (laughs) And I I like it. Full stop. Yeah, yeah. I mean, (laughs) I I think that that's the case. I think that it's it's very hard to play a back three. And uh, so I should explain why would the back three have worked last year where it's not working so well or doesn't seem to be, in my opinion, working so well this year. And it's because you have different center backs, right? Like last year you had Leandro Gonzalez-Perez as one of your center backs and and Franco Escobar. Um, is that his name? Franco? Yeah. Had <laughs> a brain fart there. But <laughs> mainly LGP who could actually step up into midfield and actually progress the ball forward from his center back spot. Right now, what we've seen so far from this team in preseason is that you don't really have a center back that is as comfortable doing that. So you need midfielders coming deeper to collect the ball off of them. And when you have three three center backs and then more midfielders coming deeper just to pick up the ball to try to progress it forward, now you're trying to progress. You're requiring four, maybe even five players to just move the ball into midfield against like two opposition players. And it's just you're just losing the numbers game at that point. So who's the conduit then? Is it is it Heinemann? Is it... Or is Rosetto, it, Rosetto, Loretta. Yeah, so, so what? What do you see once everybody's healthy? Visa issues aside, like mm-hmm. who do you see in that midfield? In that in that three man midfield, I would assume Spike, depending on because you're, you're you're talking so, about a four three three, right? Yeah, or essentially like a four three two one, right? Yeah, because yeah. Because you would put right, Barco right, and PD yeah. kind of yeah. Barco and Pitti would be central. Yeah, just do, but do your thing as, behind Joseph kind as, of thing. Yeah, yeah, essentially playing with um yeah with with, with like a, a defensive midfielder behind two regular center midfielders. And I think that right now you would probably have Jeff Lorenowitz in that spot. Although that is the question mark for me, even with this 
is does that that position of that defensive midfielder is so important because they need to be good defensively, but they also need to be able to, like I said, you know, progress the ball and yeah. and, and and be creative and be a passer, kind of like what Michael Bradley is for Toronto mm. FC. Like nah, he's boo. not uh, right, yeah, right. Just but he's he, he's not he doesn't do anything super special, but he's tactically astute and he knows where to find space yeah. to pick up the ball yeah. off his center backs and just get the get the play going. And that's what Atlanta United needs. I think Jeff Lorenowitz can probably do that, but he's old. You can't. I don't know if you can really rely on him too much. So yeah, Remedi's the Remedi's the tricky one. He has looked really good this preseason, um, but I can really only go off of what we've seen from last year. Right. And he, to me, he's just more of a box to box midfielder. Like I he agree. needs more freedom. Um, he needs to me. He has his best games when he has very uh, simple instructions, mm-hmm. where it's like just do this thing. Yep. And it just just focus on that, and like he can, and then he can pull that off. Right. But like it, once you us, start asking yeah. him to be yeah. too tactical and ha- and yeah. be worrying about too many things, he gets dragged around. And yeah. um, so for that reason, I don't think he's ideally suited that position. But you never know; he can develop and and grow into that area. I have a really important question because we talked about the lineup and the depth is going to be challenged. Somebody else mentioned the trophy and who it could have been awarded to. Do you think we've reached Airbud status with this lineup right now? Should Spike get the call up? <laughs> I think we are at that point. I mean, we do. it was a matter of time, right? Yeah. I mean, you have to fill out the team sheet. I mean, it has yeah. to get, yeah. I, I still think that's been the best. You were, Joe, you were the one that had shed the light on that, that somebody over there within your ranks had mentioned being one or two injuries away from a real air bud scenario. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was, I, yeah. I still think that's been who the best. Who was it? I forget, I forget who said it, but that was, that was incredible. <laughs> so true. Yeah. No, um, absolutely. Gregory mentioned Viasanti, uh, which it doesn't look like that's something that's on the cards to me, just because it seems like those rumors have completely died off. And he's cup tied, right? Uh, uh, is he? I mean, he was in the, uh, what, Copa Libertadores uh, lineup. Yeah, but I don't think that would tie him down. Like he could still play in CCL, because oh. it's a different cup. I don't. I don't know. Regardless, yeah. regard, yeah. regardless. Um, Maybe I'm if crazy. he were, to, I do think that he is the kind of player that Atlanta United needs right now. Like a, a midfielder that's a little bit more defensive minded, but also is very technical on the ball. That's essentially the kind of player that Viasanti is, and he's he's the kind of player I think. Atlanta Carlos United Carmona. Needs. Yeah. 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 There. <laughs> yeah. There you go. But. It's, to go back to that, because that midfield, if you if you ideally want to play Rosetto and and Heinemann together and be able to, you know, have Heinemann cover more box to box, have Rosetto play more playmaker, mm-hmm. then you do need somebody a lot more defensively right. minded. Yeah, um, and so I think that Jeff could be that guy, and I think that like something I posited in that video was that like you could have that three be your three, and you could still have when you're when you're trying to make your offensive transition, you could still have Heinemann be a guy who comes just drops yeah. a little bit deeper and comes and picks up the ball and tries to and does that work to, to progress the ball. Um, Which we've seen him do in preseason. Yeah, we've seen yeah, him pick yeah, up the yeah, ball sure. at the top of the 18, mm-hmm. split a couple of midfielders, mm-hmm. and then run that to the top of the opposing 18, lay it off, and then track back. So yeah. So there's different variations. There's different kind of variations you can put on the formation. It's not like, you know, when we so often you see like me or anybody else do a tactics board and you just see the the players in their formation and it feels very static when in, in, in reality things are a lot more dynamic and there are 
much more like specific instructions for players to do things in certain situations based on like opposition movement and stuff like that. Oh my God. I, why did you pin that Michelle comment and not the latest one, which is, can we raise spike like Simba at the beginning of the game? Whenever we do the golden spike, <laughs> dude, like, just with the lion King circle of life. That'd be playing. amazing. Oh I, my God. Until he gets to be like 80 pounds. And then what if he's still, still doing it? There's like a full grown dog. No, it's just been six years and he hasn't aged at all. It's like, I, this math doesn't work out. <laughs> anti-growth hormone. Yeah. Yeah. He's just been injecting him with anti-growth hormone the whole time. He's got the softest like, bones. How fucking old is this puppy? <laughs> you know, I, I, I feel like there's got to be more puppies coming down the line, right? Because like once he gets older, like they still have the 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 handle. You know the oh, Twitter yeah. handle. It's oh, like they yeah. got to find replacements. Oh, this, so is, this is Uga. I'm I sure, mean, and the, is, you know, yeah, it's, it's been such a hit that I'm sure they're like, oh yeah, let's let's keep this pipeline coming. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Oh, well, I thought the go- so I thought it seems like the golden retriever pipeline's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, he's got old Yellard. <laughs> Somebody old Yellard the golden. Retriever I think the German. Pipeline? It seems like it's it seems really like a German, German shepherd. shepherd pipeline. <laughs> that or Malinois. I wouldn't be surprised uh, to see a Malinois. Board's definitely become more of a German shepherd pipeline. Uh, oh god. my god! I'm That's trying to great. find that comment from Michelle Depin again. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, I know it was directed at uh, Joe about uh, what was it? Um, was it about Villasanti? No, it was about Frank DeBoer. Oh, about yeah. About the attitude like, towards is, Frank DeBoer. Has attitude changed this season versus what it was last year? No, it seems to be much more So calm Joe down. Patrick, calling you by name, uh, do you see a difference in attitude towards Frank now that he's a season in? It seems to have calmed down a bit. Yeah. Uh, quick, funny story. Like When I was in high school at graduation, I guess like somebody in the class that I didn't really talk to that much was like, "Oh, I thought your name was like Joe Patrick, and I just didn't know your last name." Like, that was like a hyphenated situation there. It's a real um, gentlemanly name of that. I mean, to have a it's like no Joe Patrick um, Robinson. Yeah. yeah, no, I think for, for, I mean to me. So to be perfectly honest, I have not actually like physically been around the team that much because they've been gone um, and. I've had work to do and stuff. So I haven't been around the team that much, but I did think it was really funny. The first day, the first day of media, um, we're all like, there's the scrum set up inside the little uh, SunTrust Pavilion is where they do it. That's kind of like the the media center, essentially. Is that the training ground? Yeah, at yeah. the training ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so we're all standing around and Frank walks in. He can see us all there. And he walks in the door. He's like, Happy New Year! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He seems so like he was like in a good mood, yeah. yeah. And he's uh, like he's gen. Honestly, like I think people get the wrong impression of him because he does kind of come at things with like a very kind of serious demeanor yeah. and just in the way he presents himself. Yeah. Um. But he actually like has kind of a dry sense of humor and will like kind of crack jokes. Like even on the uh, on the conference call this morning, he was like, um, "What do you say?" Oh, he was like, "Yeah, it's a problem, you know, because we only ha- I only have like." 16 or 17 guys to choose from but he's like but that kind of makes setting the lineup up easier he's like i only have 16 or 17 to choose from so that's great I, I, so yeah, yeah i think people be personality yeah yep. he kind of yeah we'll see once he loses his, those first couple of games uh we had a couple questions from twitter uh oh, really? kendrick brock probably my favorite question he said uh can you ask so i asked for questions for joe he said uh can you ask him what his favorite arby sandwich is oh that's a good one oh and Bill said, and why it is the meat mountain. <laughs> and favorite sauce, too. Oh, my. Let's go. <laughs> Three pepper. Yeah. What's, just what's your Arby's order? Just, how about that? Oh, God. Uh, so, not an Arby's guy. Oh, fuck To off. be perfectly honest. Get out of here. 
It's like it's like meat that's made out of powder and water yeah, mixed exactly. together. <laughs> Come on, man. It's I mean, honestly, I would always just go with the uh, beef and cheddar, okay. like a, just like simpleton. Okay. See, I don't it's like think a staple. when I could still eat it, I've I don't never think had... I appreciated it because I didn't like onion buns whenever I was a kid. You fool. Yeah. Oh well, that's crazy. That was like the one good part about it. <laughs> yeah. No, five I, have, for five. I haven't. I haven't had any of the new like. Honestly, I have not been there in years, and I haven't had any of like the new items on order. Oh, dude! That yeah, one. I want to see. Maybe I, should, I guess I should. In the trap, we'll Brandon see. Scott says his is Montana with cheese. Uh, I want to. What is everybody's Arby's order? I like that that uh, turkey bacon ranch sandwich. That Thank you, Brittany. First sandwich that they got. <laughs> I like it. It's good. Um, I haven't had Arby's roast beef and cheddar. If God. I'm in the Gulch, for sure, though. But they have the five for five where you can get like five things of. Cheese sticks for five bucks. <laughs> yeah, or just five <laughs> beef and cheddars, and you stack them like those videos of people that take all the fillings out of the yeah. Oreos and stack them up. You just do that with beef and cheddars. Yeah. <laughs> and then you just eat the buns. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm no, more of just, a bun guy. You just ball it's like, it up. Have you, have you like ever an heard apple? Of just eat it like an the, apple. The secret McDonald's order, the McGangbang. What? <laughs> no. Yeah, it's like a it's like a secret uh, underground McDonald's order, which was like. Um, it's like a McDouble with like a sandwich inside of it or something. Oh my God. And uh, yeah, I saw like a story. It's like McDonald's is like putting the kibosh. Like, if an employee ever actually delivers this sandwich, like they're fired. <laughs> the best the best secret McDonald's order, which is not a secret, is whenever, you, surf and turf? whenever you do the math and realize you can get 20 apple pies for $10 and you go in there and slap a $10 bill on the counter. It's like, can I get 20 apple pies and watch the panic set in on all of their faces? And like, I don't know if we got that. <laughs> and I tell you, I told you why the panic sets in. I t- my brother worked at McDonald's for years. He's like, those things take an hour to bake. <laughs> and I like, just wiped them out. There's there's a great uh, there's a great Jim Gaffigan joke about McDonald's, and he's like, you know, he's like, you see, you you drive by a McDonald's and you see like Big Mac for a dollar or something. Oh, and you're yeah, like, yeah. shit, I'm not gonna lose money on this. Two like, for three I, I gotta go get yeah. some of this. <laughs> the two for three dollars. I'm, I'm losing money if I don't yeah. buy this. I think Felipe. So Felipe uh, Cardenas is watching on Periscope. He says he's the seventh viewer. What's no up, Felipe? And you are losing Felipe, some... Uh, you're seeing me at my worst, Yeah, buddy. You're, you're losing some brain cells. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you really want to do come over here and do this. We're trying to get... We'll get Felipe over here in a few weeks, hopefully, and uh, sit down with us, and we'll try to break him down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm glad he came in right break. when we were talking about Arby's. Yeah, break down like, the what, veneer. What the hell is this? What did I get into? Oh, God. Yes. Um, let's see. What, what other questions what, we um, got? Josh Bagriansky asks, thoughts on the Braves bullpen? <laughs> Big baseball guy here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, no. I'll keep going. I, um, I could answer it, but I assume nobody wants me to do it. I that, don't. So. Um, and then two questions. Andy Watkins and, uh, and then Brian uh, posing them differently. Uh, Andy says, make sure to ask him why he keeps trying to block out new players' visas. <laughs> but then Brian asking, uh, what's the holdup on the visas? Do you have any so idea? So I've heard that it's uh, it's just like purely government-related bureaucracy, pretty much out of the club's hands. Uh, and um, one of the MLS writers, um, Tom Bogart, Bogert, uh, he quote-tweeted some tweet that I had sent earlier this, uh, this morning, and he said that he's been hearing the same thing. He talks a lot of like GMs around the league and stuff, and he said he, he's heard the same thing from just teams across the league because it's not a soccer issue. It's a government thing. So yeah, it's it, just like it, it's essentially um, immigration laws and things of that nature. Yeah. So, yeah, not to get too political with it, but uh, you know that's just how it is. That's how it is right now, which is uh, a pretty big bummer. Yeah, is yeah. that? It's also why Dan hasn't been on the show exactly. in a long time. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, Felipe with an actual question. He's saying, uh, if, if Atlanta United starts slow again, would it really, truly surprise you? I don't think so, For just to, to jump in. Um, start slow in the season or start slow in the game tomorrow night? I would assume season. I guess you can clarify, Felipe, but I, took I, it I think season. I took yeah. it a season, okay. seeing as how we had a slow start last year. Oh, I think yeah. we will. I think just due to the turnover, but hopefully systems implemented, key players are still mostly the same, um, at least what really makes us tick. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if we started slow. <sighs> I would be only because of what we talked about last week. He did clarify the season. Yeah, Yeah. I I would be just because of what we talked about last week, which is that there doesn't seem to be a clear front runner in the East right now. And Atlanta seems poised with a lineup and a skill set to make a pretty heavy-handed run early in the season, depending on, I guess a lot of that depends on how deep they go into CCL, how tired they get, what the injury situation is whenever we start the season. If we're going into the start of the season with most of our defensive backs out Mm -hmm. it's going to be tough to really say yeah we come out guns blazing and we're we're winning hand over fist throughout the first half of the season or whatever but if everybody gets healthy i don't see why i would be surprised if we don't make a slightly better start to the season just because the team has had time to get accustomed to frank system they've got the chemistry that they didn't have last year particularly on that offensive side of the ball i think that this team is poised to have a faster start this season than last year but that's just my opinion i'd be surprised if they did not start slow i think they will i think they'll i think it'll be a rough start the the team just to me right now is not they don't look quick i mean i know that felipe has talked about this before but like the the pace of the play is just not there right now and i'm not like until i see it happen i'm not going to be convinced that it's just going to happen all of a sudden so um i think that they are going to start slow. And I th- actually think tomorrow could be uh, – I think tomorrow could be a rude awakening. Montagua's a good team. and So uh, have you been watching them much? Not, wa- not not actually watching them, but just the results. I've just been watching the results. and they've They're had, on a hot streak yeah, right now. Somebody yeah. was saying in the trap. Yeah. yeah. So they've um, won like eight straight or something like that. Yeah, and they, just, and, they, and they just beat the uh, Olympia, I think, was who it was, who was like uh, one of the top teams in, that, in, in the league. So, And it's always a tough trip to go down there anyway. I think you're looking at another – Herediano-ish situation so? where the team's going to need to have a big win when they come back for the home leg. Yeah, that's how I see it. I mean, Brad Guzan said today that they would take a draw, essentially, which, yeah. of course, is the right... Like, I would say oh, that. Yeah. Of, I think we would all agree with that, but, like, usually you don't hear players say that. Usually you hear them say, like, we want to go dominate, we want to win the game, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. I think the fact that he's actually admitting that publicly is, like, a little bit of... He's, like... It's almost like a tempering of expectations to an extent. Um I don't know. I just, that's just me personally. If they, I would be happy for them not to start hot slow. I mean, I'd love, <laughs> yeah. I'd love for them to play for a draw. Here's I think like, that's a huge that win. Nice. I feel like it's taboo for me to say that. Like I'm like rooting for the team, but I do kind of root for Atlanta United because I think like there oh, goes journalistic integrity. Here, here, here we go. Here we see. That's the Look, thing. It's like you can't. It's, it's it's like if you say that, then your journalistic integrity is. Yeah, it's like, like that is literally what you just said. Like I think you you were saying it sarcastically, yes, but I yeah. but I do think some people think that. But like I think it's dis- a little bit disingenuous to not want to like you want the team that you go cover every day to be good and to play good soccer and for it to be entertaining. It, I but. find it impossible to hold it against essentially beat reporters, beat writers from getting some sort of attachment to a team. Yeah, yeah. 
Especially like from a sentimental level. Yeah, like you level. know the players. Yeah. Um, Dude, you to got an extent, it. You, not, you, like, you you're got friends it. with them, but like yeah. Stockholm syndrome at a certain point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can sympathize with <laughs> with hostages, <laughs> but not with beat reporters. Come on, what kind oh, of world God. is this? Oh God. <laughs> yeah, Felipe's watching down in Mexico, which I think is pretty cool. That is great. nice. Yeah. But that great. No, I mean, it's you're right, though. It is disingenuous. I mean, I don't think sports reporters get into sports reporters, sports reporters, <laughs> journalists, um, podcasters, what have you. I don't think oh, you we get... have no journalistic integrity. Don't no, no, no. bust into that. <laughs> hey, I have a degree, buddy. <laughs> I use it every week for an hour. <laughs> hey, buddy. <laughs> hey, buddy. I'm sorry I'm ruining that. Yeah. <sighs> um, no, but for real, like, I, I find it hard to hold any any judgment against it, it's not like and i guess the same i don't want to go down this road necessarily oh, we're going vroom vroom let's but go the, the, Get same, the, keys. The, the same could be said for political reporters too i mean from a team aspect too now mm-hmm. i mean it's like there's no if you look at it th- this isn't your your dad's uh abc wide world of sports okay anymore, boomer. right like yeah exactly <laughs> this isn't like there's no Walter Cronkite. There's no yeah, uh, Howard yeah. Cosell. Like right. this isn't that anymore, yeah. right? Especially like the the, the media. Whatever got you so, got, John Oliver. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like the, the media has so got, gotten so demassified and uh, fragmented to where there's such hyper focus on such small things. Like you yeah. think about it from even from Atlanta United. How many reporters do you have from Dirty South Soccer to the AJC? To the the drop down on uh, eleven a lot, <laughs> the drop down menu. That's right, beautiful. Yeah, like to me, I mean, I think anybody who you know has followed me or Felipe or anybody, like you know, we like. Well, I'll, I'll just talk about me because I don't want to speak for anybody else. No, like, please do. I think speak I think away. if you followed me, like you know that I'll I'll be critical of the team if I feel like there are things that i should point out that they deserve you know criticism for um hell we all know dirty south soccer's <laughs> uh number one article of all time so i mean it's like yeah i just don't that's 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 the tough reporting that the number oh, one yeah. article of all time oh yeah that's the tough reporting because somebody had like i, f- I feel like it was kind of oh maybe it wasn't owed to the fans so but, well that's why I, we did so it was like you guys there was mention what it was instead of beating around the bush? it was the barco article yeah Romantic yeah. overtures. And the thing, like, the reason we were, we thought it was relevant to report was because everyone was wondering why he wasn't starting. Or, right. like, you know, like, um, we knew that it, there was just like a, I forget how Tata phrased it. It was like a, he committed a trans, a misdeed or something. I forget how he yeah. said it. it was but a, he, I but think it was, it was a transgression it was, or something. It was like non specific. Yeah. And at that point, uh, like, people would forget, but like, he had been the best player on the team for the, a few games leading yeah, up to that yeah. point. And so it was a big blow to the team just yeah. on the field to be missing Barco. And I just, you know, myself and I, you know, consulted with some other people about whether we should run the story. And we just decided it would be relevant to do so. And that's why, we, like, we didn't share a ton of details about it because we didn't think that the, um, yeah. you know, all the personal details with people that were involved and everything, that like, that wasn't important. It was just important, like, w- what happened with the player. So, like, that's an example of, like, we'll do our – like, I still want the best for – Sakio Barco, I want the best for Atlanta United, you know, but like also we have an obligation to report and 
do all that stuff. Yeah. I don't think they're mutually exclusive things, no, I guess is not. what I'm trying yeah. to say. So Yeah, Brian says I don't even it, know how I got on this topic. It was a, an act of indiscipline is what Brian said. That's what it was. Yeah. It was your good, lack good of journalistic good memory. integrity. Yeah. That's what we started. <laughs> and we have we have our uh, our good buddy down in uh, Sydney, Nick Pugnall, Sydney seventeen supporters group joining us. Nice. Live in, in Sydney. We we're That's on incredible. Three, yeah, we're the, on three continents. I see I three, see three that countries. The Sydney supporters group on Twitter is like the support from there is incredible. Yeah. It's awesome. Dedication to follow yeah. the team from that far away. I went and watched a game with Nick at 10 a.m. and Cheers Pub <laughs> in downtown Grass, Sydney. Grassroots marketing. Yeah. All before <laughs> dark. So we go where the people are. Oh, well, yeah. Um, so let's do score predictions for tomorrow. Ooh. Okay. Score, it's that time, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Score predictions and just I get, and, and just what you think is going to play out over the course of the game. I think that you kind of alluded to... You alluded See, you to You don't it. like how critical I'm being of the team or not. No, no, no. You, you alluded to it, but I think that the best case scenario obviously would be a win, but I think the most the most realistic best case scenario Brad Guzan kind of spoke to, which would be if they go down there and why, play. Why and, does and that have control. to be the most realistic? I get that we're six weeks into our or four weeks into our preseason. I, I, I get that they're in full swing in their season. And all things like, and they're playing well. But it's if it was a hundred percent healthy team, I could agree with what you're about to say. But I think it's just the we're going to ha- we're not going down there with a team that's built up a consistency defensively over the past few games that we've seen this team playing. So I think that that's going to leave some question marks that maybe makes me doubt that they're just going to go down there and get a win. And, and I guess my ignorance is speaking for me because I know nothing of the Honduran League, but I feel like I know nothing of the Honduran League because there might not be anything of note in the league in terms of level of playing quality against... Even even whenever you look at the teams in CCL in the past, I mean... Fair enough. I mean, the, I mean Herediano, Costa Rica, but like mostly whenever you get into the thick of it, the best teams and the better teams in, in CCL are really coming from um, Mexico, right? I mean, Fair enough. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. So I don't know. I I, I personally think that we're going to come out and we're going to win the game. Wow. Uh, I, I do. Just I, I it do. Of, and just, then also the Leones Negros. The reason I pulled out my phone is I'm just trying to look at uh, – I'm trying to see how many – what Atlanta United's record in general was last year on the road. Because I want to know how many wins they had on the road. What did, uh, and I can't Percy find just it. gave his. What did he say? Per- Percy, per- Percy said 4-1 Atlanta in, in a Barco brace. Wow. See, I'm old. Man. Bash on okay. negativity over here, but I, I see no. it the other way. I see it like 3-1. I don't see it going that bad. Come on. Come on, man. <laughs> you, just, guys, you guys are just trying not to invoke Eric Quintana, the dread god. No, I just, I don't see it being a, I haven't seen enough out of this team right now to warrant a blowout over most anybody, like especially considering the circumstances with the defense and the lineup. Like, I just I have too many questions that I can't say definitively that it's going to be a win. What, in in what sport have preseason results ever mattered? I agree. and ever really been I, I a barometer said, for what the team is going to be. And I said that just a little while ago. I don't put so much stock in the positives or the negatives, but. If I had a little bit more positive to say that this team is a world beater, particularly coming off of that Leonis Negros game, I may have a little bit more of an inclination to say, like, I'm pretty sure they're going to get a win. I just, I just don't have that feeling. I don't have your fucking <laughs> trash opinion. Kill myself. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Good 
God. Uh, the um, I'm thinking a draw. I'm thinking one one. It's always difficult to go play in another country. It's true. Like, yeah, they're gonna go. Fair. They're gonna go down there, and the grass is gonna be long. You know, like it's going to be. It's, it's, just, not like, be, it's, it's just like I'm just not envisioning this going as smoothly as like it would be totally different. Like I think it would be, like it would be totally different if this team was midseason, pretty healthy, you know, had all of its players at its disposal. This team is going to have five players on its bench probably. Like right. they're going to have two. Like they're not even going to be able to fill out a full eighteen. Right, and one of the like your one defensive sub is a kid yeah, that yeah. your your own manager is saying is hesitant about playing at all because of the significance of the stage that they're playing on yeah. right like that that does not instill so much confidence right. of a fully healthy lineup would for me yeah yeah that's how that's where i am too new uh another new name in the trap tonight detract one thin squad forces fdb to play starters longer than he wants and someone else goes down with injury i sure hope not uh, by the way, so the, uh, I see Elliot mentioned the altitude. Actually, there is no altitude really in this game. It's like eighty-three meters above sea level or something. Okay, so I think Atl- I think I, Atlanta's higher. Yeah, then, yeah, right? oh yeah. yeah. I think the other like so on uh, the the their traditional home stadium is on the other side of the country where it's more mountainous. So that would have been like Appalachian ah, level gotcha, kind yeah. of uh, elevation. But I think that you know part of you. Know, the altitude training is just to generally get your fitness yeah, up, yeah. and if they are playing like Club America, then like then you you would that would Ele- be at elevation. Ele- elevation in Tegucigalpa is uh, nine hundred ninety meters. You say that word good, boy. Is that where is that where they're playing? Is that uh, I? It's that's, in San Pedro that, Sula. San Pedro Sula. Uh, Tegucigalpa. Say it again. Because that that city that city is where they're from, but they're not playing in their home oh, stadium. Oh, okay. That's because it didn't conform with CONCACAF. Uh, yeah, you're right then. It's 272 feet above elevation. And in comparison to what? Kennesaw? Uh, Kennesaw, Georgia. So the other thing that um, our buddy over in Australia is mentioning is that I guess the stadium is a compacted size, which Atlanta's typically struggled on as well. So I, I don't know if like what it is in relationship to whenever I hear compact size, I think of NYCFC, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And compact field with longer grass seems to work against Atlanta in some regards on both of those aspects as well. Yeah, so they train in Atlanta at a th- in Kennesaw, a thousand feet above yeah. elevation. So the elevation is so a it's, yeah, it's, a thousand yeah, it's feet not above. just yeah, just not a factor. Level. Yeah. <sighs> so what do you think? Score prediction? You never said. I think 2-0. I, I think that... Atlanta? Yeah, I think so. In, in the comment, I understand the comment about leaving starters in longer, but at the end of the day... I if think you, starters are going to play the whole game. I think they will, too. I Maybe one sub. Like, uh, yeah. I, like, <sighs> But we're not... It's not like we're filling out the bench with junior players no. that can't come in. No. But, but my thing is, like... Your bench uh, will be... Except for Campbell. Campbell, Adams, John... Can. Can, and... Um, uh, Fernando Luis. So you kind of are playing with kids. Uh, Luis yeah, Fernando. Yeah, right, because Sorry. you're going to end up having to play, um, because of Rosetto being out, you're going to have to play Rometty, Larry, and Heinemann in the yeah. middle, right? Yeah. Okay. But at the same time, I mean, it's three subs, regardless of how many people are on the bench. I mean, it's it's not like it's going to be that much of a difference than it would be with a full bench. I, I agree. Yeah. Like, I don't think the, yeah. I mean, uh, FDB doesn't really use all of his subs anyway, like in yeah. lots of games. So I mean, I feel like... Tata didn't either. Tata didn't. And, and yeah, that's Tata how it is in MLS. The, yeah. Like, it's like, in MLS, you're 
your quality is definitely in your starting well, 11 this, and it, kind of and this game matters so much right now that I don't know why you would sub it unless it is a blowout in the opposite direction and Atlanta's up by some yeah astronomical I could amount. see Mo Adams coming in to like either lock down something at the end of a game yeah. or um just clog up midfield somehow yeah yeah could you see I like Mo Adams yeah I, I like I like I, I feel like whenever he comes into the game, I he don't, does a job. I don't think he never. Yeah, right. He does a job. I don't think he ever puts his foot wrong, really. But he's he's like he's never the standout player except for scoring the fastest goal in yeah. any oh, history yeah, against, but, LAFC. Yeah, that's right, against LAFC. Yeah. But so, did you say your score prediction? Two 0 Yeah, yeah. I, think I, it, I think it. I'm happy getting an away goal yeah. as long as we don't have the doom and gloom Joe Patrick. Uh, special. I'll go. I'll go one one. I think we got a good. We got a good yeah. mix here. So what did what did you say? You think it's gonna be? I like said three one. Three one Matagua. <laughs> you gotta watch your tongue, man. I'm saying that because hey, I'm it was good. Already, it was good I'm luck already, last year. I'm already. I'm already yeah. invested in it now. So this is my show. It, Our show. <laughs> I see how it is. <laughs> no, you can get out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> you shut your mouth. <laughs> 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 So three one uh, to Matagua for Joe, and you're saying one one one. Yeah, I'm happy with one one because we get an away goal exactly. going back home, and I that's, think that's and I think that's that a, puts the pressure on them. I feel like have we ever really excelled at Kennesaw State? I guess mm, the that Herediano yeah, the game. Herediano game was they beat them pretty, pretty good. good. Beat them up yeah. pretty good. Their manager got fired after that game. Really, uh, I didn't yeah. realize that. Yeah, what did we win? They that had game? not been, they had not been doing well. I don't think in their domestic league. Did we win that game four one four uh, four nil? I four think. Nil, yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, it hasn't been great. I think they redid their their field. Um, I had heard from uh, actually one of the former Atlanta United two players, Tyler Ruthven. I, I had mentioned something when they were playing there in the U.S. Open Cup last year that it was a slippery field, and he was like, "Looks great." He tweeted back to me. He was like, "Yeah, it looks really nice. Plays like an ice rink." <laughs> but uh, <laughs> and then he like deleted the tweets. I think they were, somebody oh, got pissed great. about that. But um, I think they redid great. the field, so hopefully it should the footing yeah, should be better. Nice. It's always looked. He's right. It's always looks fantastic. Yeah. But yeah. Are you going to go to? I'm assuming you'll be at the home. He'll leg. be in. He'll be in. Um, yeah, I'll be, I'll the be at the home. Leg. Same page. That's, been, that, that's been a whole thing yeah. with Concacaf. You have to like get like three applications accepted and. Yeah. Oh, to go uh, to go abroad. No, no, oh, not abroad. Yeah. Just like the the whole bureaucracy of Concacaf is. You have to have like different applications approved and huh. stuff. Like you have to have. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to get into it, but. Gotcha. Uh, yes, I will be there. Nice. I I don't know if I'll be in Nashville. That's the only one. I want to go, but I'm not sure if I'll be there. Yeah. yeah. We have we've got a couple dirty South soccer writers going up. I would only go if the radio station needs me. Yeah. So let's hope they need me. Like all home before dark plans, ours went up in flames with Nashville, <laughs> and yeah, we, we had big hopes of going up there, but I just don't think it's going to work out with either of our schedules at this point. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a bummer because it would yeah. be such a fun trip, I but know. you know, life and stuff gets yeah, in the way. Exactly. We did it for preseason two years ago. Right. Or, I guess. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was two years ago. That yeah. was that was a lot of fun, and I, I'm looking forward to having that as an opportunity in yeah. seasons to come. I hate that they're in the West, though. But yeah, until realignment. I, I think happens. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. once more teams come in and they can balance them out, I think or you know, once it would be inter- crazy if they stayed in the West. That when Enter Miami folds <laughs> because of the lawsuits, <laughs> if they don't just like completely give so, in. So since we're talking about Nashville, another point of interest and news which we talked about last week which is they did get their stadium issue resolved yeah yeah so. like a day after they signed walker zimmerman wow i can't say that name for some reason walker zimmerman uh from lafc who what are your thoughts on him do you like i've seen mixed reactions that he's overrated and then that he's like he flounders on the big stage uh i think that's a little going a little bit too far yeah. i think he's a fine center back i do think that 
it's a mistake to think that you can just go spend money on a center back and that's ne- and that's like going to make you a better defensive team because defense and soccer is so holistic, right? Like you need midfielder, you need so many players to be doing their jobs in order for the good players, like you know the, the center backs, to be able to do their jobs right. effectively. They need the people around them to also be doing that. So, like I think uh, FC Cincinnati like spent big on some defenders, like Kendall Waston and stuff, and. It's like if you don't surround them with quality as well, then you're kind of hanging them out to dry. Right. So as long as they don't do that, um, and I'll, we'll see. Like I don't really have any strong opinions on how good their roster is, but it seems like they should be set up to be pretty decent defensively. Gotcha. So wrapping it up. Yeah, tomorrow night, listen to the sport Atlanta SportsX. Mm-hmm. We're going to be on the Mouse of the South radio show with uh, Eric, and I believe Sam. I, I don't believe Josh is going to be there tomorrow. but Okay. Uh, Where can they find all your stuff at, Joe? Uh, DirtySouthSoccer.com and uh, follow Dirty South Soccer Podcast Network. Uh, if you just like search Dirty South Soccer where, on wherever you get your podcast, yeah. you'll yeah, see us pop aware. up. We're aware. We're aware. There are two feet. <laughs> Sandbagging. Sandbagging. What about personal Twitter? Uh, uh, JAPatrick200 is where you can follow me cool. on Twitter. Tim, what about you? Uh, you can find me, I guess, at, if in them streets yeah if you want to see anything (laughs) not soccer related and completely just woodworking related you can go to my uh my instagram that's tim herb after dark after dark woodworking yeah oh working that wood (laughs) find me at the architect it's at the underscore arc number one t-e-c-t collectively at home before dark that's before spelled b and then number four we did get a new rating but no new reviews we're up to 188 wanting to get 12 more to get up to 200, that's our goal for this season. Uh, still trying to get plans for merch and stuff. Go take a look at the shop, gethomebeforedark.com forward slash shop. Some of that stuff's going to get pulled down here soon and get revamped and reworked. Keep an ear out for that. However you found us, be sure to like, thumbs up, hit the bell icon, throw some stars, leave a review to hear it read aloud on the show. You know what to do. Tell a friend, and as always, be home before dark. Bye, guys. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com.